Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. If you're looking to expand your business, why not consider overseas? The potential market is a lot bigger than here, and there's a good chance you could strike gold. From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. Less than 5% of Australian businesses with revenue of less than $250 million have a foothold in overseas markets, which is a shame, says Cynthia Deeran, because there's so much opportunity and money to be made if it's done well and done properly. Cynthia Deeran is Managing Director of Deeran & Associates, an organisation which helps with international market research and expansion strategies. Cynthia details the steps in her book, Business Beyond Borders, Take Your Company Global. So why do so many businesses balk at penetrating new international markets? Well, other than not knowing where to start, Cynthia Deeran tells Chris Ashmore there are three major factors holding businesses back. One is just time. You know, a lot of business owners are already working 60 plus hours a week just running the domestic business, and there is no time in the schedule to actually sit down and create an international strategy and to execute it. And, you know, let's be real, this is not just a side project. It's almost like opening the business again in another country. So you actually have to have time and resource to put towards it. So I think time can be a factor. I think the way teams run can also be a factor. So, you know, often a business owner will want to do it, but they're spending so much time managing their team that, again, they can't get out from under that. There's so much overwhelm going on that there is no mental bandwidth. So time's an issue, mental bandwidth is an issue, and then money. Businesses aren't being run efficiently enough to enable them to take that leap to go overseas because in the long run, going global is going to make your business much better. Uh, If you do it the right way, you'll turn over more and you'll keep more. But there's this intermediate phase where you actually have to make an investment and sometimes what happens is people think well it's going badly here at home or it's not quite as good as we want we're going to go overseas to fix that problem but they don't take the time to get the business fundamentals rock solid before they do it. Well realistically how much time should you give yourself building your business in a particular overseas market? I think you really need to give yourself about three years to do it, unless, of course, you've managed to carve out a huge slab of time or employ another person to work solely on it. You know, so being realistic about the amount of time and bandwidth that most business owners will be able to pull out, you know, it should be six to 12 months prepping it and exploring the market because you want to do a couple of visits. You know, you want to then make a choice about what market to go to You've got to make sure you understand your ideal international client. You need to understand whether your product's really going to work in that market. And so that'll take months to do and then to maybe start making some initial sales. A second year to consolidate and refine what you've done, you know, and to find out what's working well, what's not working so well, what needs to be switched up, and then a year to run it to really start making good profit. How do businesses know which is the right market for them? Well, often they don't. Uh, That's part of the problem. So a lot of people will choose a market kind of based on gut feel or I think I see an opportunity there or, oh, we had some orders come in from this market so this should be the right one for us. 
or sometimes even, hey, you know, I took a holiday to this destination and I loved it so much I want to spend more time there. So honest to God, I kid you not, I know of a guy who went on a holiday to Bali and he wanted to get a packet of Smith's salt and vinegar crisps, you know, the ones in the pink packet. (laughs) Couldn't find one anywhere and so decided he was going to open a business as the agent for Smith's in Bali. I'm not saying this happens every day, but these are the kind of decisions that people make around choosing the right market and it's just not the right way to go about it. So what you should do if you want to work out which market to sell to is firstly you need to use data. So you need to not just go on gut feel or guesswork or serendipity or ad hoc opportunities that turned up in your inbox. You should be looking at what does the data say and the data in particular that you are looking for is around opportunity, risk and profitability. So if you can just imagine in your mind a Venn diagram of three overlapping circles, where they overlap in the middle it's going to say right market and we're looking for the market really that can make you a million dollars a year. That's kind of the gold standard. And then if you think about the three circles, one would say opportunity, so you're looking for markets with most opportunity for what you sell. The next circle is going to say risk, you want markets with low risk where it's not going to be too hard for you to transact business and you want markets in the third circle we've got the word profitability and we want markets that are going to make us high margins because if we don't get high margins then in some cases it's going to just make more sense to stay home you know you have to make sure that that return on investment is there and so the way that you should do it is to work out okay well we need the data to fill up these three circles and if you do that your odds of succeeding just increase exponentially because you haven't just kind of pulled a country out of the air. What does a business need to consider when it comes to local regulations and licences and other hoops when entering a new overseas market? You've got to work out what is the balance between risk and reward, okay? So, I mean, there's regulation and there's regulation. You can have not enough regulation, and then things can get messy. You know, perhaps the court system doesn't work very well or the legal system doesn't protect your rights very well. Then you can get to the other end of the spectrum where there's so much red tape that you can't do business. But really what you want is a market that's easy to operate in. So, for example, Singapore is a great example because it's very easy to operate in. So it's one I like to recommend for businesses that haven't gone somewhere before. The downside is it's small. Mm. So, you know, it's not got a massive population. It is a gateway to other places, but it is a good place to go if you want to try something that's low risk. For my money, I, I often think it's better to go for something a bit less risky and it doesn't have as much return because that's not your final destination. You know, it's better to take on the challenges in the order in which you can actually manage them. Mm. So if you can get in there, let's say you want to go to Singapore and launch your company there and you can do that and you can make a go of it. After you've done that, then you can say, okay, well, what's the next stop in Asia for us? You know, where do we go next? Rather than, for example, doing the thing that's been quite popular in Australia for some time, saying, hey, the China market's ginormous. It's a billion people. If we could capture 0.1% of it, we can buy a private island in a jet and it'll be amazing. And then getting there and going, holy moly, this is so much harder than we had imagined. So, you know, I think it's better to be, unless you are incredibly well-resourced and you have a huge appetite for risk, I think it's better to take on a challenge that you know you can succeed at, do that well, and then move on to the next thing with the benefit of what you learned from that first project. Mm-hmm. Well, there are culture and um, language barriers, of course. Does that mean then that it's a good idea to have a local dealer or a local representative to help start the business? Oh, look, it really can. It can be immensely advantageous if you get the right person. 
but it really depends what you sell. So if you sell, you know, bikinis or sparkly earrings that you can deliver using a post pack and DHL or Australia Post or whoever, you might not need somebody to do that. But if you sell a B2B service, so we have a client that sells supply chain consulting services and they're trying to break into Asia at the moment and they're finding that without somebody on the ground to represent them in these markets, it's difficult because in a business-to-business context, it's all about relationships. You know, people aren't just saying, oh, well, look, it's it's a pair of sparkly earrings. I'll order them. It'll cost me 40 bucks. If I don't like them, well, you know, I'll give them to great Aunt Mary or I'll put them in the bin. It's neither here nor there. You know, when you're buying a quarter of a million dollars of software and software consulting, it's a little bit different <laughs> and you have to build up that relationship of trust. So depending on what you sell, yeah, it can be a great idea to have somebody in market operating on your behalf because they have the opportunity to build trust and rapport with your clients in the new market because they understand the culture, because they can speak the language, because it's just easier for them to do all that. Well, it's not as soft stuff, but it's really not soft. It's very, very key. Those very key business interactions that you need to have to get people to know, like, and trust you and to want to to buy whatever it is that you're offering. If a listener is thinking about heading overseas, what's the first step? Work out why it is that you really want to do it and then sit down and make a plan of what you think you can realistically achieve in the next 12 and 36 months and then everything else comes after that. That was Cynthia Deeran, Managing Director of Deeran and Associates. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B Daily tomorrow. Follow at BE Daily Podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily podcast. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M-A-Z-A-R-S dot com dot A-U.